Haley Godwin here on the Nesson After Hours podcast. Normally it is Emerson Latia with the introduction. He is off today, so it'll just be me holding it down. Uh, my back does hurt from carrying this team. But this is episode 43 of the Nesson After Hours podcast. Two guests, two topics. You guys know the drill. We'll jump right into it. Rob Bradford, host of the Bradford show, Bradford show covering the Red Sox for EEI.com. And occasionally we bribe him to come on to Nesson. Um, so that means I also bribed him to come on to today's podcast as well. Bradfo, how are you? I was going to say, is bribing paying? I mean, that's, that's one way. I don't know how the government views it. Um, so, <laughs> uh, but I, I, I like bribing spices it up a little bit. And, and in terms of the podcast, you never have to pay me or bribe me or anything. I'll come on anytime. I mean, I got beer in my fridge. That that usually is what I give all my all my uh, friends. Seely, like the best podcasts are always involving beer. It's it's and that's what I miss. The pandemic has taken a lot away from us, obviously. But one of yeah. the things is the uh, doing the spring training podcast down at Twin Peaks in Fort Myers, where where basically you know it would start with Rick Porcello and Joe Kelly very sober. And then by the end of it, it would be Joe Kelly and Rick Porcell, at least one of them very drunk. Uh, I always say after hours or show, I wonder how much better it would be with, you know, just one drink. I'm not asking to like get blasted on TV, but you just one drink, you know, loosen you up a little bit. The jokes are flowing a little bit better. Um, I'm still working on convincing the boss. Well, what's, what's weird is that, not weird, but back in the day, it's a little bit before my time, in the press box, they had a beer tap like in the Ooh. back of the press box, where stories were, stories were appreciably better, you know, at, during, that, during those days. But can you imagine that? I mean, think about all the things that are wrong with that. Number one, these guys are writing like why well, hammered. And, and then also like, you're basically feeding them beer before they go home. It's like, it was a different time, I guess, yeah. <laughs> Times have definitely changed. Yeah. For sure. I like some aspects of that, others not so much. Yeah. Um, I, I don't like the fact that we had to wait another damn day for Red Sox season opener. A uh, bit bummed about that because Mother Nature absolutely punked us, rained all night and into the morning and then just stopped. But uh, here we are. We are going to have baseball today, Bradfo. I'm, I'm pumped. What, what is your view on opening day? Do you, do you really get hyped up for it or is it just another day to you no i i don't like it <laughs> <laughs> i'm just like i am the totally jaded person and um yeah like well, this morning you know my wife is like oh happy opening day i'm like oh, okay you know i don't know what to and here's the thing silly is that i don't like it because i'm selfish and because typically it's just i i, I i'm just a person like i don't like holidays I, I yeah. just want to keep my days going. I want yeah. to keep normalcy going. And so when you have all of a sudden in a normal world, you have the press box filled like three times as many people and you have reporters for some inexplicable reason, all of a sudden wearing suits and ties, you know, like for this occasion, it's just like, can we just listen, there's 162 of these. Let's just treat it like every other day. Um, but I get it. I I think for fans, I think fans, it's it's there's so many stories of of guys who guys and girls and who are just like they've had this epic streak of going to opening days. Yeah, it's their whole life. This is and they get together with their high school friends. They've been doing this forever. 
that's what's cool about it. Mm -hmm. But like I said, I'm only about myself. So uh, yeah, so there you go. This is the guy that refused to pay 30 bucks for the Starbucks because you were in line at a Starbucks and everybody was doing that great thing where you pay for the car behind you and you ruined it. So yeah, yeah. I mean, guy. I am jinxing myself left, left and right. I mean, <laughs> between you're right, not paying for people at Starbucks, and now uh, basically saying I don't care about the fans. Uh, it's not good. It's not good at all. Hot start, man. Hot start. Uh, Nathan Avaldi on the mound tonight uh, or today this afternoon. What, what are you hoping to see out of him? Well, you know, I, I he's the guy who you just like, oh, man. You just, you think it's going to happen. You yeah. think it's going to happen. You go back to last year, last year opening day, which I don't know if you can call it opening day, whatever it was. The weird it, year. The weird, the yes, the, the first game of a two-month season. And he was awesome, right? He was dominant. And like, that's the guy, here it comes. And then it's the sad trombone once again. You get hurt, you underperform. And it, it's just, you know, I think like he's sort of a microcosm of this entire team, which is, we think they can be good, maybe, yeah. maybe, you know, but, you know, but then at the same time, you look at the back of the baseball cards and you're like, oh, uh, yeah. so, you know, but listen, stranger things have happened. I actually love watching him pitch. I, you know, I don't know if you know, Celie, I saw every single inning in spring training. Which yeah, is, you're like the most in the know out of, out of all the Yeah, I, I kind of am. I'm kind of a big, a big deal that way in the mm-hmm. sense that I saw the most meaningless baseball of any human being. So it's, it's, you know, watching him pitch down there, you're like, oh man, I forget what it's like to see a guy blow a hundred miles an hour with all this other wipeout stuff. And then to see it actually like in a park in front of 4,500 fans, like that's, it's going to be fun, man. It's going to be good. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Uh, You gave us your boldest prediction on air a couple of days ago, you said Bobby, Bobby Dahlbeck was going to crush 150 homers. Mm. Well, why so low? Well, I think that because uh, he lost some weight and maybe it's taken some power away from him. Somebody asked me on Twitter the other day, if he used product in his hair. Ooh, I, yeah. He's getting the curls going. Yeah, And so I feel like I should have an answer to that. And this, again, another thing that our new way of doing things have taken away and normally you walk up to a guy in his locker and you say, hey, do you use product in your hair? And instead, now we have to, like, two weeks out, set up an interview with Bobby Dahlbeck. And, just for his hair. Right, just for his hair. Do you, what do, you, do you think this is happening? Do you think there's product in his hair? I mean, yeah. Uh, his hair has gotten noticeably longer. After Benny left, it's like, okay, who's going to take over for best hair on the team? I, I would say he's the strong favorite here. Well, I mean, at least they have the guy with the mu- Garrett Richards has the strong oh. mustache, mm-hmm. which which we have we which he he promised us that he would curl up like old Raleigh fingers and before before the season started. Um, but so if nothing else, we have a guy with a, a, a lockdown mustache. Yeah, that mustache is top of the line right now. Like I'm a big fan of, of the stash. Um, so give us another bold prediction. So you, you said Bobby was going to crush, what, like 30, 40 homers? Yeah, so if he plays 120 games, I guarantee you'll hit 30 home runs. Okay. Do you have another one for us? It's hot take season. Oh, uh, 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 I, will predict, I will predict that the Red Sox do not uh, – that's a terrible – that's not <laughs> – 
I'm putting you on the spot okay, here, man. No, I, no, okay, here's a good one. Here's a good one. I will predict, and this isn't this isn't okay. a popular opinion right now, I don't think. I will predict that Raphael Devers will finish in the top 10 in MVP voting. Everyone's Ooh. down on Devers right now. You know, they're like, oh, he hit 100 in spring training. He made errors. I am telling you, he's going to finish top 10 in MVP voting. Okay. I like it. I like yeah. it. Um, changing here to serious question time. Alex Cora, fresh off his one-year suspension, more or less pressure on him and his return? Um, there's a lot of pressure on him because, you know, there is that element of, well, you know, is it 2018? Is it 2019? It has nothing to do with the cheating stuff. It has to do with him yeah. as a manager. Yeah. And, and so he, he basically has to go out and prove, said, he is the answer. He was the right guy. I think he was, is the right guy. I mean, I absolutely think that. But he has to prove that he's the right guy with a team that's not as talented as 2018. I do think they came into 2019 with our crap doesn't stink mentality. And I think it's much more like 2018, which is the chip on the shoulder. I mean, I, I think he's the right man. And it's also been incredible just to see the, the guys, just the reception to him. Yeah. You know, they love him. They adore him. He's such a, a player's manager. Um, he truly gets the guys. So I, I'm, I'm pumped for him. I'm hoping for the best. I, I know that right now everybody's kind of projecting them to, you know, at least they're not going to finish last in the division but second to last i mean do you feel like this team is a 79 80 win team does that sound fair to you yeah i, I got them i actually i get them high i got them at 88 okay yeah okay. i mean i and you know i'm tend to be optimistic anyway and by the way i can guarantee this alex core does not use product in his hair so <laughs> i would say so too i would say so too um I, yesterday when i was watching all the 26 other teams Play. There was a couple of things that caught my eye. Uh, Miggy, the first homer of the season, and it's in the snow in, in Detroit, and he slides into second base because he didn't know that the ball went out of the park. Do you have any other good memories from, from yesterday's opening? Oh, well, first of all, like, honestly, when I saw that, I'm like, he still slides? Like, he can slide? <laughs> I guarantee you, we talk about over-unders. If you put the amount of times that Miguel Cabrera slid during the year – you would put it at one and a half. <laughs> only one slide away from hitting the over. So the other one pick is just... Pick the over. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you got to pick the over now. But, you know, <laughs> I'm watching the Yankees game. It's like, you know, this is good for business, right? Oh, the yeah. Red Sox-Yankees thing is good for business. Aaron Judge misplaying fly balls and striking out despite the teeth thing. You know, it's it's his teeth good. look fantastic. Can't say the same about his batting right now. No, well, we had a so we had a dentist or an orthodontist on our show, and he actually said that he believes that a lot of people who had that done with the teeth, they don't feel comfortable with it. So he feels okay, like yeah. this could be actually a detriment to Aaron Judge. I mean, so, you gotta get used to it. Like the exactly. same thing as when I had braces, you have to get used to talking with braces in their mouth. You have them for a couple of years and then you get them taken off and then it's weird again. So it just, it's an adjustment period. Yeah, and we saw that, we saw that in game one. So it's, but it is good for business that the Yankees lost and the Red Sox are uh, half a game ahead of them right now. Um, I, I'm still new around here and I'm still getting to know all you guys and this pandemic has not helped at all. Um, but you went to Springfield, right? And you played ball yeah. there, right? 
Birthplace of basketball, yes. All right, what, what position were you? Oh, so I started as a second baseman. Okay. And then I, it, as you go through college, um, it's the freshman 15, the sophomore 30, and so forth oh and so God. on. So my, my progression went from uh, <laughs> second base to third base to first base to DH. Oh, buddy. So, How much weight did you put on from the time you, you got into school? I, I prefer to call it power, Seely. Power. Power weight. Yeah, they didn't want someone with such, so much power at second base. Yeah. <laughs> I love how you spun that so well. Um, <laughs> when did you know that you, a professional athlete was not in the cards for you? Oh, when I was in Little League? I mean, no, it's, <laughs> it's no, it's. Yeah, you, you, you say, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you draw the picture of me in a Red Sox uniform, sure. But no, it's, it's uh, and you always wonder, you're like, you're playing wiffle ball and you're saying, dad, why did, weren't you, um, why weren't you a Red Sox? You don't have any concept of it. You just figured when you get older, you become a professional baseball player. But um, yeah, not, not the case. It's okay. It's all right. Next best thing, right? Yeah, no kidding. You get to cover it for a living. Yeah. All right, my friend, it is time for one random question. <laughs> I want you to pick a number from one to 10, and that will be the question for you today. So go ahead, give me a number. All right, so I'm going to pick, I, I, w I w would pick a number, but instead because, I, when's your birthday? It's 12.20, so neither of those numbers play into this. No, 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 I'm just going to say, as an early birthday present, I am going to let you pick the number for me. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. I'm going to give you number nine. Okay. okay. There you go. So what sport would be the funniest to add a mandatory amount of alcohol to? A mandatory amount. So basically you're saying what sport would be the funniest if you basically got guys or people drunk? Hammered. Yes. Hammered. Um, ooh, let's see. Not baseball, not bad. I feel like football would be far too dangerous. And I feel like <laughs> rugby, you're already that way. I mean, rugby is, is like, th that's how it is. It's true. Yes, it's absolutely true. Uh, I mean, every time I've gone to a rugby game, after they beat the crap out of each other on the pitch, they like shake hands and they're like, let's go get a beer. Yeah, no. With, the, with the opposing team. That yeah, happens absolutely, in rugby. Absolutely. So I'm going to go with basketball because I feel like, you know, it, it would, it just, you know, it would be like, you know, like cable guy, or I, I could make a bunch of movie references of bad basketball playing, you know, <laughs> but it's, it, I don't know if like it, I got to feel like at some point in my life, me and my friends went out and maybe drunk, had a little too much to drink and tried to play some pickup basketball. And it just became like a hot mess and maybe some torn ACLs. But, um, yeah, I got to go with that, right? Okay, I like that one. I appreciate that one. One that I would pick, and it, it makes sense, okay? Darts. Golf. 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 But also, but that that's another one, like rugby, that's already in play. Like, <laughs> people, half the people who are playing golf are hammered, usually, so. John Daly. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I have the best stories of John Daly, like. Yeah. When he's playing on the on the this the champions tour, like it, it senior level tour, it, it's so funny because he will at the turn uh, at nine, all of a sudden or at ten, I'm like, I need to get an interview with him, and I run over there and get an interview with him, and he's about to tee off, and he's like, yeah, sure. So he lights up a cigarette as he's doing the interview with me. 
Yeah. I mean, that, that it's incredible. I don't, I don't know how he is just so swaggy on, on the courses with his get-ups and yeah, you don't you don't typically see say, see that in the middle of in the third inning of a baseball game when Nesson is going down to the dugout. No, <laughs> ripping it. No, taking no. a couple drags. No, Jim, Lee, Jim Leland was the last one to do that. Not that's over. <laughs> uh, Brad, Bo, it was super fun to have you on today. I really really appreciate it. Um, looking forward to this Red Sox season. Hopefully, we can bribe you to come on the podcast and the show a couple more no, times. No bribe needed anytime. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks so much. All right. Talk soon. I'll see you, man. Bye-bye. All righty. Our second guest of the day, bringing them in, Chris Haynes, Yahoo Sports Senior NBA Insider. Uh, senior means you're old, right? <laughs> you know I'm what? I'm no, no, no. I'm, I would say over last, you know, I, I approached 40 this year um, in Thank August. You, man. So I, I'm I'm definitely feeling that um, that title right there. So I, I'll live with that. Okay. Okay. Uh, when you're watching the Celtics right now, uh, what if you can watch them because it's kind of hard to watch them, uh, uh, what kind of team do you see? I mean, just very inconsistent. Yeah. Um, you know, organiz- you know, it, it, and it's, it's funny because over the last, you know, especially during Brad Stevens' tenure there, that's been one of the most organized uh, group of guys we've seen, you know, in that tenure. Um, when you talk about just being well coached, and you talk about guys knowing the fundamentals. Uh, when you went into Boston the last five or six years, mm-hmm. you knew you had to be mentally prepared because you knew that a lot of times they were going to, outwork you but most importantly they were going to do things the right way that has been the exact opposite this season and uh you know continuity has been there you know I don't know if you know Kimba Walker I know that brother pretty well um you know he's um dealt with the you know dealt with injuries there and I, I don't know if he's a hundred percent you know you got Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum we keep waiting for Jason Tatum to like take that next step um it hasn't quite been there. You know, he's a, he's a, he's an all-star, but you know, when you think of Jason Tatum, you think of the skill set he has, particularly in the offensive end, you know, people thought he was going to, you know, become a superstar. You know, he, yeah. that still could be the case, but hasn't gotten there yet, but it, it's just, it's been a very disappointing season for the Boston Celtics. Uh, Tristan Thompson has been in and out health and safety protocols. Uh, you know, we, we just don't, it's just something we don't come accustomed to when you talk about the Boston Celtics. Yeah, it's weird. You have two all-stars on this team, a bunch of young talent, Robert Williams. Um, he's been looking great uh, when he's, especially since he's getting so many more minutes now. Um, they've just been trying to figure out the big, big man rotation and it just hasn't been there. And, and then you have some veteran journeymen as well, but it just mismatched pieces is, is just a great way of, of putting it. Um, Brad Stevens, a quote from him, when adversity hits, they nosedive. Like this, this team just adversity, they just cannot roll with it. Um, this is now the second time in a row where a coaching job opens up on the, on the college uh, platform and Brad Stevens name is in it again. First it was Indiana. Now it's UNC. What do you make of all that hoopla whenever an NBA coach gets thrown into, you know, should he go back to the college ranks? Well, I I definitely think you got to look at it with some validity, you know, particularly looking at the season that Brad Stevens is having. Um, you know, yes, there's, there's always um, 
opportunities or occasions where a coach may find his name associated with a, a coaching job that opens up in the college profession. But uh, I, I think with the season that he's having, and you really have to, I know we talk a lot about what the Celtics aren't doing mm -hmm. and guys being inconsistent in and out, but you have to place some blame on Brad Stevens as well. You know, he, has, he hasn't gotten it done since he's been there. There's Danny obviously isn't putting the pressure on him. He's, he's, he's saying that the, the fault's not on his shoulders. He's actually putting it on the player's shoulders. Well, I mean, look, you, you can do that and that's fine. And, yeah. and, you know, and you have to understand as, as well, when executives do that, they're trying to buy somebody more time. <laughs> and so they, he would like to buy Brad Stevens some time. That's, that's the way I hear it, you know, mm -hmm. when he's coming out and saying things like that. But you can't dismiss that he has a part, a large part to do with this. Um, you know, sooner or later, you know, you have to realize that this is a player's league and the players are going to come and go uh, as the coach. It, are they still responding to Brad Stevens? Does he still press the right buttons? Um, you know, all those questions have to be answered. And, you know, it's okay what Danny, you know, what Danny Ainge is saying. Um, you know, he's protecting this guy. But um, at the end of the day, if the team is not responding to the coach, what do you have left? How much do you think Danny Ainge is regretting how everything unfolded with Gordon Hayward? It was a tough situation. There was a lot of, you know, there was obviously a lot of things at play. I think when Gordon Hayward, you know, first signed with the Boston Celtics, um, you know, they – I'm pretty sure they made promises to him that he would be a feature guy. Nobody expected, you know, Jason Tatum to become the player he, he is. Nobody expected Jalen Brown to become the player he is. Um, nobody, you know, Kyrie coming over, you know, and it, it was a tough, that was a tough situation for Gordon Hayward. You know, it was tough. You know, he, he, he didn't get, he didn't get the opportunity to live up to his contract. And with that comes expectations especially when you're in a big uh, big market like the Boston Celtics, uh, where they the pressure and demand to compete and play at a high level is high. His injuries definitely played a part. And so uh, I, I just think that was – I don't blame Danny for that. I just think that was something that nobody could foresee. It was just a ton of other circumstances that had played a factor in why Gordon wasn't able to live up to his billing there. Yeah, it's, it was tough to watch him season after season after season. Just injuries, not just like any injuries, just brutal injuries too. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I know that ever since he's left, there's a lot of people that are having some remorse there for it, but you, you got to move on. Um, I, I do want to talk to you about the COVID situation as we're getting healthier and vaccinations are out there and people are starting to get the shots. There is some trepidation from... NBA players, um, but you're also seeing it in other leagues as well. Uh, MLB is rewarding players and coaches and staff members if they get vaccinated by basically giving them their lives back. They, you know, have relaxed restrictions. Is the NBA doing anything like that? Yeah, the NBA put out a memo to its, uh, to the teams uh, probably about a week ago. Um, basically, you said the same thing, what you said about what MLB is doing, where they're going to allow them to go out and um, go to restaurants. There won't no longer be these restrictions. They can have visitors in hotels and in their rooms. Uh, those visitors have to be vaccinated as well. 
And so, yeah, that's it's pretty much the same situation. And, uh, you know, I think that's why you start to see a lot of teams, uh, you know, open up, uh, excuse me, are starting to get seeing these teams going out there and, and getting vaccinated. Mm-hmm. The Lakers did it. I believe the Clippers are on the verge or they might have done it already. Go to State Warriors, the Portland Trailblazers, and a few other teams. And so, you know, that that's really important to a lot of players and rightfully so to, to get their lives back. And, you know, now I think the concern is, is that, you know, there's still studies to be done as far yeah. as how long these uh, uh, vaccines are going to last within our system. I got mine, uh, my first shot a oh, week ago. Awesome, yeah, man. How so, are you feeling? You know no what? The, 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 the second day, I started to feel a little um, lightheaded and um, I was a little, uh, a little stuffy. Okay. But aside from that, you know, I, there, there, was, there wasn't anything. And that lasted probably a few hours. So I didn't really feel any, you know, too any severe um, ailments. Um, so I'm, I'm fine now. So I'll take my, my second shot in a few weeks. But, you know, I, I think, you know, the concern is that how long is this vaccine going to last? Because, you know, you hear reports about, you know, maybe the Pfizer may be a six, a six month vaccine where you got to go get it again. So mm-hmm. there's still the unknowns. But for the most part in, in the media right now, I think a lot of players are happy just that they see a pathway to somewhat getting their lives back. And where we go from here on out, as far as further out that six month window, you know, I think they feel like they'll worry about that later. Yeah. Uh, switching gears now to, well, let's talk the college hoops right now. Uh, did you fill out some brackets for the men's and women's tournament? I, I, no, I did not fill out a bracket. No? I did not, no. I, it, it was hard, it was tough. It was tough for me to, um, to, <laughs> to gauge the college scene this year. You know, I, I yeah, wasn't. Yeah. This was the one year where I was like really out the loop this season. I, I feel you. I, I basically made one bracket. I normally make like three. I think there is such thing as too many filling out too many brackets. I know like people that fill out like 20 of them, like three is the yeah. most I've ever filled out. Um, but even when I filled out mine, I was like, I'm just making selections. I have no clue. But yeah, I, three I was, of the teams I was, that I picked are in the final uh, in the final four. So at least I got that. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, that's pretty good. That's At pretty, least what I you, did pretty what you good there. About there. Yeah, UCLA what you is the about only there? one that I didn't pick. Yeah, okay. Well, look, yeah, UCLA, if I would have filled out a bracket, UCLA would have definitely been um, a team I would have felt that was going to go all the way. But it's just been like with the virus <laughs> and everything and teams sitting out. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I, I, I was never, like, in it. And, you know, being that I'm a NBA reporter, I'm like, okay, I'll <laughs> wait. I'll wait until, like, guys start declaring and really – go back and sift to see what they've done. But it, this, it was really hard for me to gauge the NCAA this season. I, I couldn't, you know, I really couldn't tell you. Uh, yeah, I, I don't blame you. I, I'm right there with you. I have enjoyed the women's tournament, though, so much. There's been so many great women's games. Um, I'm looking – I do I do have UConn going all the way. That's not a shocker, I think, for anyone. Yeah. Um, but that, that's been – I love South Carolina. Their, their defense has been insane. Um, Stanford, it's been a minute since they won like 29 years. Uh, Arizona, trying to shock the world. Um, do you have any takes on, on the women's tournament on who might end up winning that? Well, look, so uh, what, what I would like, again, I haven't been, I haven't <laughs> watched college ball. I, I haven't. I'm just being honest. I remember I saw the, I thought UConn was out of it. UConn is still in? <laughs> yeah. They're still in? 
So what the what all this I'm just saying I'm just I'm just showing my complete naiveness to you know the, the college game right now. That's fine. You know I'm, I'm I'm not perfect, but um, what was the there was the bad call that well the bad non call that I heard everybody. Oh, you're talking about, about um from the Baylor game, the foul. The Baylor game, okay. Yeah. That didn't that didn't cost them a game, huh? I know, right? It, it was wild. But the thing is that the whole the whole game they were letting Baylor play so hard and so aggressive and use their strength. They were letting calls go. So just gotcha. so happened at the final the final play of the game, she was charging into the paint. And I would have called a foul. I would have called a foul. But I understand yeah, why I, the refs didn't too, because that was just on par for what they were calling on that game. Okay, were, so I, me it not, was a hot debate though. Yeah, so me not really watching any of it, men or women's. I just assumed with the back glass that came from that non-call, I just assumed that it cost UConn the game. And then you come and say, you're still, you know, that's what you're pulling for. That's what you, that's what you think has a, a good shot. I'm like, oh, yeah. they're still in it. Oh, okay. I think I think they have an easier chance going against Arizona than at Stanford and South Carolina. I think that's a way easier or a way harder matchup. So I, I think that UConn has an easier route to it. So. I'll take your word. But um, – you're, you're a Fresno State alum, right? What, what gave it away? What's up? What gave it away? What game? What gave it away? I can't even hear. What gave it away? Oh, shoot. I didn't even what? see your damn hat. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, seriously, tell me about Fresno State. Why'd you pick Fresno State? Well, I'm born and raised. That's my hometown. Fresno. Okay. Born okay. and raised. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I actually, my last semester at, at Fresno State, I actually had a class with Paul George. We went there, the the our, his his last year. Oh. So we we yeah we attended. You know, we attended for a year. I'm I'm listening. Story time. Go ahead. I'll tell you. That. I got a story. I gotta tell you. I got a story. So I played college. So before I went to Fresno State, I played at a um, NAIA college, Fresno Pacific University. Okay. And um and so we we used to play against Fresno State. And so the year that I ended up transferring to Fresno State, you know, just for school, just to finish out school over there, I used to see Paul George. We had a rec center on campus and people would go over there like anybody was free to go over there and play ball. And you didn't see many of the, the team, many players from the team go out there and play. But I didn't think much of Paul George. Matter of fact, I thought he was overrated. Ooh. And I'm still... I'm still balling. Like, I'm still a hooper at that time, even though I wasn't playing for the team there. And so he happened to come out and play, you know, at the rec center. And I'm like, I'm going to give it to him. And so, I, you know, I scored, like, I scored a couple baskets on him. You know, I okay, did my so thing. you got and, some on him. Okay, that's, that's oh, yeah, good. I mean, oh, for sure. Oh, for that's sure. Good. He wasn't going to shut me out. He wasn't going to shut me down. But I left there, I left there even more convinced that he was overrated. You know, Paul didn't have – he didn't have, like – he didn't dominate. You know, I think he averaged, like, 14 points. That's average. Yeah. Okay. You know, and then that's fine at North Carolina yeah. or Duke where you got a whole bunch of talent and these numbers have to you be spread, spread out. Ball, yeah. This is Fresno State. Yeah, this is Fresno State. Like, if you were a killer, you're going to average 20-plus at Fresno State. And he at didn't least. do that. At least. At, at least. And he didn't do that. And so I'm like, man, like – I was surprised and shocked that when he – I was first I was surprised he declared. Then I was shocked that mock drafts had him in the first round and lottery pick. 
I'm like, what am I seeing? Like, so what then am I, I start thinking, here? No, yeah. I'm starting to think, I'm starting to think, well, maybe I should declare for the draft. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you definitely got a shot. You definitely got a shot. <laughs> but no, oh I, God, I definitely, incredible. yeah, I definitely didn't see this coming. Like yeah, what he's been that. able to do. Yeah, what he's been able to do, man, as one of the best two-way players in this league. And, uh, just become the star of the years, man. It, it's it's been phenomenal to watch, man. And I told I told him to his face, so I'm not saying anything. Yeah, no, I wouldn't he, tell he's him. He's heard this. Yeah. He's heard this. I, I I let him know, man. Look, I didn't see this, man. More props to you. I love it. I love it. All right, it's your turn now to pick one random question. So a number one through nine now, because we took one off the board. So go ahead, hit me with a number. Let's go with six. Six. If you found $2,000 on the ground, what would you do with it? B besides pick it up and put it in my pocket? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you that, very much and have a nice day. <laughs> you made a sign like after that? No, I'm, I'm proud of you for admitting like your gut instinct is just to pocket that thing and go. Like, <laughs> Hold on, what, what would you do? I would pick it up and I would like look around a little bit and then oh, I yeah. put it in my pocket. Oh yeah, you gotta look around. You gotta survey things. You gotta survey the landscape for sure. <laughs> for sure. But I mean, but even if I'm surveying the landscape, I'm picking that bad boy up regardless. Because if I pick it up, I wait for somebody to say, hey, that, that was mine. I dropped. Oh, my bad. I was nah, 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 nah. But it, it, it's getting picked up. All right, would you would you spend it or would you save it? Oh, that's being spent because it's, it's extra. It's that's extra true. money. That's, that's, that's how money. I look at it. Yeah, yeah, I like my money. I'm budgeting like what I'm doing already. So yeah. two thousand. You know, you know, in in the black in the black community, we consider that a blessing. That is a blessing. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's getting spent. That blessing is getting spent. Oh, blessings. Thank you for my $2,000. Chris Hayes, <laughs> I appreciate the time today. It was awesome to have you on. Uh, we will be talking again in the future. Hopefully the Celtics can figure out what the hell they're doing. Um, right now, you know, kind of on the outside looking in, at least they're in a play-in spot, but we'll see if That's they can do East is pretty close. They're two games. Yeah, it's pretty close. But yeah. make sure we don't make sure you don't schedule another interview too far out. They might not be playing at that time. So, you know, <laughs> plan accordingly. Get it while it's hot. Uh, it while it's Thank hot. you so much for stopping by. We'll chat soon. Take care. See ya. All righty, everybody. That's going to wrap it up for Nesson After Hours, the podcast. We will see you guys next week. Have a good one.